I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Here's our special Win Nurses Desk Report. Because of the ratios, the nurses are able to give the care that patients need and not hurt a patient. That we would never want to do that to anybody. Because we go to bed and we wake up with the same conscience every day. And what we do at work, we think about in our hearts all the time. One of the reasons that we had to have ratios was because we were losing so many nurses. They were going home feeling so guilty about the care that they weren't able to provide. A lot of the nurses left prior to the ratios. We would go home frustrated, thinking, are we really taking care of them? Nurses were really getting burnt out, so I saw a mass exodus of nurses, and it was because we were responsible for way too many patients. When I was a med surge nurse, a typical assignment on the night shift for me was uh, 12 to 24, and that's unmanageable. That was eating at their conscience. They couldn't take it. They physically couldn't take the feeling of such despair. We've talked about how critical it is for nurses to be active in the political process and why their activism comes down to the importance of health and safety for both the nurses and their patients. During the last two years alone, nurses represented by California Nurses Association and National Nurses United fought to author and pass state and national legislation that includes safe RN to patient ratios and California's ballot Proposition 61, also known as the Drug Price Relief Act. Along with these bills, California state legislation that was introduced or passed included SB 1076, observation units, AB 2272, stopping toxic plumes in the operating room, and the adoption of the Cal-OSHA regulations to prevent workplace violence. With all of these accomplishments, there's always more to do. What can we expect in 2017? Here with us to talk about all this is a frequent guest on Nurse Talk, lead legislative lobbyist for California Nurses Association, Stephanie Roberson. Stephanie, welcome back to Nurse Talk. Always a pleasure having you with us. Oh, hi, friends. Always a pleasure to speak to you. (laughs) So a lot's happened over the past year, and we want to congratulate you and your legislative team and all the nurses who work so hard to shape the laws that protect nurses and patients alike. It means a lot to us. Absolutely. We're happy to do the work. Well, Stephanie, let's take a look at some of the bills and legislation from 2015-16. One of my favorites, because this was such an obscure issue, was SB 1076, Observation Units. What is it, and what does it do? Yeah, happy to talk about it. Um, As you all know, on September 27, 2016, uh, the governor signed the bill, SB 1076, by Ed Hernandez, uh, chair of the health committee. And so, you know, more and more hospitals are placing patients who can't safely be discharged to their homes in these observation units. And it's an alternative to hospital admission. So in these settings, patients are sometimes placed in these settings for prolonged periods of time. Uh, Many patients are not aware that they're in observation, so they're not, you know, well enough to go home and not sick enough to be an inpatient in the hospital. So there's this gray area. Um, And leaving, you know, these patients to believe that they are admitted as inpatients, especially when they're, you know, admitted on an outpatient basis to observation, say, in a med surge floor, which is an inpatient area. So there's a lot of confusion. Um, It's especially concerning for patients who need to be discharged to a long-term care facility, as Medicare requires patients to be admitted as inpatients for three days before long-term care kicks in. So, you know, for our bill, you know, uh, the purpose is to make sure that these patients are noticed that they're in observation, that the state 
um, collect the necessary data to see what hospitals are doing in terms of uh, utilizing this status called observation. And um, what's really important is in these observation areas, if uh, hospitals so choose to use these, uh, these categories, there's the appropriate staffing in these areas because observation status is considered outpatient. And as you know, in outpatient areas, there are no ratios. So we'll get proper staffing ratios in these areas as well. So it's a huge win for us. It's a very big win. And as somebody who worked uh, in long-term care just before this last job, it's very important because I saw this observation bill um, really stop a lot of the practices that were particularly hurting seniors. Yes. So now on to another big one, the adoption of CalOSHA regulations to prevent workplace violence. Talk about this and why it's so very important for all of us. Yes. Um, so on the 8th of December, uh, the Office of Administrative Law has given final approval uh, to what will be the nation's strongest state workplace violence regulation for healthcare facilities, um, and it will be effective April of 2017. So it's it's huge. It's um, this was, uh, of course, set into law as a result of SB 1299, which we sponsored um, by uh, then Senator Alex Padilla, who is now the Secretary of the State of California. Um, so on April uh, 1st, employers must uh, comply with all record-keeping and reporting requirements without delay, uh, including maintenance uh, records of violence incident logs and re- records of workplace violence hazard, identification, evaluation, correction, as well as any hands-on training. Um, of course, uh, those records need to be maintained by employers and made available uh, upon request through Cal OSHA and those records shall be made available to employees and their representatives. Uh, Hospitals also need to begin reporting violent incidents involving weapons or injuries within 24 hours to Cal OSHA and within 72 hours of all other incidents. And of course, um, employers must retain written records of violent incidents and have those uh, records on the books for five years. So it's a huge, huge piece for us, huge gain. Um, a big uh, comprehensive piece that uh, the CNA and an OCS put forward and the toughest in the nation. So we're very, very happy about this accomplishment. Well, Stephanie, as we talk about SB 1076 observation and this adoption of the workplace violence regulations, this is, uh, applies to California. Is that correct? And what, what does the rest of the country do without these provisions or these uh, protections? Yeah, I mean, it's correct. Um, You know, uh, it's the first in the nation um, with the workplace violence prevention. We hope, and as we always say in California, so goes California, so so goes the nation, right? So we're hoping that our efforts, and as you know, you know, CNA is involved and active in every single state um, in the nation. So we are not only going to move these uh, requirements and these uh, public policies, in California, we're going to move them in D.C., we're going to move them in Texas, and we're going to, you know, have a comprehensive reform if we don't get it at the federal level. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, you know, California is one of the few states that enjoys a state calosha. A lot of states don't have that. So it's unfortunate that, you know, to answer your question for other states, they may not have a robust, you know, agency where they can go to and, 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 and lodge complaints like we do in the state of California. So, um we're, we're going to set the model is what we're going to do, and we're going to move this forward. Um, in terms of SB 1076, the uh, observation bill, uh, there is a federal requirement that requires notice to patients when they're op- on observation. However, um, our bill goes further than the uh, federal piece 
in that the um, notice requirement goes to all patients, no matter, you know, what insurance they have, no insurance, under insurance, Medicaid, Medicare, it goes to all patients. So it's a lot broader. And of course, the staffing ratios and and the data collection um, as well. I don't think people realize that nurses are on par with prison guards and police officers Mm -hmm. for the number of assaults that they experience in their career. And I don't know of a nurse who hasn't been assaulted. You know, I've Mm -hmm. been in the business almost 40 years. And so this is a key piece of legislation. As California goes, we hope so goes the country. Uh, because yes. because this legislation uh, is key, both the observation and the workplace violence for me. It's so nice to address it after all these years, because when I got in the business, it was just you that was just expected. And you got attacked mm-hmm. and it was like, well, so what did you do wrong? Right. You know, and there was nothing about um, statistics or doing anything about it. Your your employer was just kind of off the hook. So, so very important. Thank you for your work on this. It's, it's critical for the health and safety of nurses all over the place. Uh, no, thank you for your work and your contribution to the nursing profession. So we're, we're happy to do it, happy to do it. Okay, so now let's talk about AB 2272, stopping toxic plumes in operating rooms. This is yeah, an issue yeah. that most people don't know about it, and we're going to be talking about it more a little later. But can you, can you tell us about it? Sure. So we um, that was part of the legislative package, um, AB 2272. Um, you know, when our nurses and our doctors are performing surgery in these surgical suites, there is this uh, plume of smoke that emits in the air. And a lot of folks don't know we did a lot of education on this. In that plume, in that billow of smoke, there's toxic vapors, benzene, cyanide, um, a lot of uh, toxic agents that are, you know, breathed in by our, our healthcare workers. And when the proper uh, equipment is not in place in these surgical suites, you know, we've seen reports that there are severe ocular problems, respiratory issues, um, even one gram of tissue that's burned, say, through electrocardery or laser means, means that that, um, that doctor or that nurse consumes um, the equivalent of three to six cigarettes a, a day. That's how toxic that this stuff is. And so when we started to educate folks on this, they're like, well, that's kind of a no-brainer. What's happening? Well, we're seeing in these surgical suites that the proper evacuation equipment is not put into place. So that bill, uh, AB 2272 by Tony Thurman, uh, chair of the uh, 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 Labor Committee, would have required Cal OSHA to develop appropriate um, statewide standards to have hospitals come up with the necessary equipment and training to evacuate more than 90% of this toxic plume. Um, so it's very critical issue. Folks that have worked around laser technology since the 80s, you know, have been writing about this. And New York Times has done a piece on this. Even Cal OSHA and Federal OSHA um, has done reports on this. The science is there. It's bad stuff. And we want to evacuate this stuff as, as, as quickly as possible. And the equipment is so cheap. When you compare that to the health and safety and welfare of our of our um, healthcare workforce, unfortunately, the bill did not get signed by the governor this year. Um, so we will be back. We will move that forward and address the issues in that veto message. But unfortunately, it did not move forward. Well, Stephanie, uh, a lot on your plate, and uh, for two seven two thousand seventeen, uh, what can we expect from the legislative team of CNA and NNU? 
Well, you will expect, um, you know, definitely the surgical plume issue to come back. You know, we, we want to encourage these hospitals to take care of the workforce, to improve the workforce in terms of toxic plumes, in terms of workplace violence, um, caring for, for our team members, caring for our, our patients in terms of, you know, appropriate ratios in, in the settings where they're not there. We will do work, and we will continue to do the work to take care of our nurses. So you will see surgical plumes come back, and we will address that in 2017. Um, what you will see um, are efforts to, um, you know, ensure that healthcare. I mean, given the era of Donald Trump and what we have to look forward to, uh, maybe the ACA gets dismantled. Maybe he will repeal and replace. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he doesn't. But what CNA is going to do, we're going to be on the offensive because we can't wait. We can't rest on our laurels. Great. We can't sit on our hands and, and hope that everything is going to be okay. I mean, we've seen the administration and the team that he's putting together. So we will be very aggressive in, in, in terms of single payer and making sure all Californians recovered. And we hope that it's a national priority. It's so important what you're doing, Stephanie. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your time uh, in the legislature. Thanks for talking, ladies. Thank you. We've been talking with lead legislative lobbyist for California Nurses Association, National Nurses United, Stephanie Roberson. That's it for this week. For more information, visit nursetalksite.com, laborradio.org, or nnu.org.